What's up, Fan Bros? This is your boy DJ Ben Amin, and on this episode of Fan Bros Show, we welcome Nikki Phillips and Stacy Strobel to the spaceship. We talk about the on-demand weed delivery service. And Yafit Kodo makes a Yafit Noto. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. the Kevin Bacon of the internets, the captain of the spaceship, and Wakanda's favorite DJ in the house. Ow! That's right, you're here on Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. And as always, I'm joined by... The lovely Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, a.k.a. the Stiletto Stunner, also known as the Uhura of the Fan Bros Spaceship. Yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, as it is. And also, yes, sir, we are joined by... Chico Leo, waiting for the Age of Apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Anticipating it, actually. That's right. Like, you're one of the heralds, like, I can't wait for it to get (laughs) here. Sound the horn. Yo, my boy Galactus is coming. (laughs) He's coming. My boy. You're going to get on. We need to get you on. That would be so great if we could get you on the street, holding a sign like the end is nigh. The end is nigh. Galactus is coming on the other side. Absolutely. You can wear your monk monk costume. Yo, we're good. All right. We're doing. That this spring, absolutely, we are doing that this spring. You can just stand out there and yell at people. Hit a camera, do hit a camera, see how people. Oh, you gotta do that. You gotta do that on Forty Second Street. Yes, yes. The end of Port Authority. Galactus is coming. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. Look for Chico in New York this spring, folks. <laughs> that's how that's how the the beginning of my following begins. Yes. Oh, there you go. That's how you set it off, Chico. Yeah, exactly. Lovely. And in other word or other news about people having a following, man, this week we had a big move, yo. I, I was sitting yo, back buddy. looking at the footage today, like, yo, we look good on TV, though. We do. You I know? mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I, 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 you know, I might be a little biased, but <laughs> this week, folks, for those who are living under a rock and you know just aren't connected to the world at large, the Fan Bros went over to the Mashable offices. In New York City. Official. And they are, you know, them offices are official. It looked like something George Jetson would work in. Yeah. And we met up with the people of Mashable, the Mash Flicks, Meerkat, Perry Strobe, all kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So shout out to uh, at the Beth, also known as Jeff at Mashable. Yes. The the Beth. Get it right. Beth. Because that's the homie right there. Yeah, so the homie got us up in Mashable HQ, and we did a live chat uh, to talk about the Ex Machina uh, movie. Yes. And some more. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Butcher. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Ex Machina. Sorry. We're all talking about a different movie. (laughs) We are. No, so so, so we uh, we all watched the Alex Garland Ex, Ex Machina movie. Um, which, which, you know, you definitely need to check out. We did, we talked about that. We talked about a little bit Daredevil. We talked a little bit Game of Thrones. And like I said, it was a live thing that was broadcasted on Periscope and on Meerkat. So if you weren't one of the lucky ones to actually see it live, we do have the replay up on fanbros.com right now. Word. And like I said, I was checking it out today and it's a really dope discussion. You know, we all got to talk. The Beth was moderating, bringing all kind of jokes and humor. (laughs) Well, not only we talk about the movie, we also got in a little Game of Thrones talk. 
So it's definitely worth checking out. It's on fanbros.com. I mean, it's more than worth checking out. Take the time out. Watch that joint. And if you want to see DJ Benjamin wearing shades like he's on the show Chips, (laughs) Ponch and John would be jealous. (laughs) They definitely would be jealous of my Bookum Danos that I was rocking, you know, no shame in my game, folks. Like I say, if you're going to be a monkey, be a gorilla. Goose and Maverick. <laughs> um, but in other big news this week, man, it is just bigger and bigger for the Fan Bros show because we will be doing a live panel Friday, April 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. at St. Francis College. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. We will be joined by Nikki Phillips and Stacey Strobel, who happen to be our guests tonight. All right. A nicely done right there. Synergy. We'll be joining them for the panel, Comics and Law Enforcement, from Gotham to Ferguson. And we are going to be speaking on all kind of things relating to the justice system, how it relates to comic books. Does the media create the reality of justice or does justice influence the comics? Which is it? What's going on in the world? All kind of stuff. What's the answer? You, you ain't, ain't got, got the, the answer, Sway. <laughs> Look at this coat. <laughs> That's right, folks. Friday, April 17th, St. Francis College in Brooklyn. Join us 6 to 8. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fanbro Show for more information as always. Now that we've done hyping ourselves up. Right. What else is going on in the world, Tatiana? It's some sad news, actually. Okay. I'm sorry to bring it down, but we have to give a, a rest in power to Wolverine co-creator Herb Trimpey. He died at age 75. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, we're losing them. I mean, this is this is what happens. I mean, these, these creators from the 60s, 70s, 80s are now in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and, you know, Human lifespan being what it is, you know, we're definitely, I mean, it's, there's, there's no way around it. So Herb Trimpey was a big time Hulk, uh, artist and while drawing the Hulk, he co-created, uh, Wolverine, whose first appearance, as everyone knows, Incredible Hulk 181. Nicely done. Yeah. With the yellow and blue suit. Exactly. And And he had whiskers. He had whiskers in the the first, yeah. Yeah, he had whiskers in his first appearance. So, um. Herb, not the. I mean, you know, half, you know, he had, he had 90% of it right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, he went on to, uh, I know much later, I, mean, I think he, he was with Marvel most of his career, but he drew some of those G.I. Joe joints in the 80s, which actually got me into reading superhero comics. I was reading Conan and G.I. Joe before I was reading X-Men. Oh, and nice. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, like I said, I know the Wolverine issue and I know some of his other work, but I definitely know him from G.I. Joe. He was pretty much the entire the artist on the entire run of the special missions, special mission right. spinoff, which is pretty dope and was you know actually has some of the most hilarious and violent scenes in it. So you know I mean like you know it's it's not enough that can be said about him. His career goes on and on. He you know co-created Wolverine, so it doesn't really get much more badass than that. No, so. and he co-created Wolverine and didn't get a dime for it. He got as much Ouch. for co-creating Wolverine as, as the three of us did for co-creating Wolverine. <laughs> well, no. I, I don't know how badass that yeah. is. As, no, as all no, of us I'm did saying. paying to see Wolverine, yeah. like negative $80. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, and time of our life that we'll never get back. Right. You can't blame him for the bad movies, though. No. Yeah, so definitely rest in power to Herb Trimpe, you know, and in other Herb news this week. Ooh. <laughs> you like that segue? <laughs> Actually, I got stuck on that because that was pretty clever of you. Yes. 
Shout out to Chico Lico. Yeah, this is Chico actually Chico Lico. Yeah, yeah Chico return. This, this is actually uh, also this is actually also tech news. Um, so there is an on-demand weed delivery service. They're calling it the Uber of weed, and it's called Ease with a Z. I That's just want to know where I can invest. Well, and actually, you know, a friend of mine was asking where he could invest that. Well, <laughs> well, a friend of yours. I mean, if you're a major investor, I'm talking about over one million dollars. You can definitely do this now. They, in fact, they just I might ra- have a spare mill. They just raised ten million dollars, and guess whose venture capital fund is a big investor? Just let, just let me guess. Is it that guy who smokes more weed than that guy in L.A.? You talk about the other guy or the other guy? The other guy, the first guy. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Doggy, though, of course, which is actually the smartest, most thing that, I mean, I mean having a venture capital fund number one. It's is better than smart, investing in porn, Snoop. Come on. So they, they say that, that they'll get you the weed in 15 minutes from the time yes. that you place the delivery. Nice. Yes. And the only issue is that they only take cash, that right now yeah. they don't take credit cards. Unlike a lot, you know, Correct. Uber and a lot of these other things, and that sh- will change. That will change over time. And also, you have to understand, they, they're also skirting around, like, the, the, the weed laws as well. So, yep. you know, depending on what state you're in, territory, whatever, there's there's different ways they handle it. Um, and, yeah, in addition, uh, right now, you have to prove that, like, you have a cannabis card. Uh, you know, it's a medical need for you to have it. So you can't just be a regular person and call them up. Except if you're in Colorado or, or you're in Washington. Colorado or Washington, correct. Yes. My God, I need to move back. To I know it's pretty crazy that 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 DC there are these is states. so popping right now. Well, just yeah, there are states where you can just go buy weed and and it's legal. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's insane that you know. Yeah, I'm and, loving and it. Then the other other thing is right now. I mean, in a positive way. Right now, the choices are kind of limited, so you're not gonna be out there getting no AK-47 and nothing like that right really? now. Right now, they they're working on it. So, Tatiana, how do you know so much hey, about these? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is for science. For research purposes This is research only. purposes only. Right. For research purposes, I myself am, am very partial to the Super Silver Haze, which won <laughs> the Cannabis Cup in 1997 and 98. Not the Silver Haze, the Super Silver Haze. There we go. You know, if you're going to be a monkey, be a gorilla. Wow. That's right. That's right, folks. Oh, you know the name of Snoop Dogg's Retro Capital Fund is called Casa Verde Capital. Green. House of Green? There you or, go. Or I cannot be mad at Snoop Dogg, <laughs> boy. I mean, like. I mean, double, double entendre, man. The house of green and the house of green. And it's just like, you know, to come from where, you know, he started from to the point where he's like, you know, this household name that every grandmother loves. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like he's like the George Foreman of rap. Shit. That's a good way to put it. You know, he went from, you know, being most hated to most loved. I'm so. going to steal your idea and put it on Twitter. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Take it. Chico, you got some other, I mean, this is, you know, it goes back kind of sad news, but. Well, it's 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 important history. So Friday, Mar- you know, Marvel dropped Daredevil, and that was really the big news of the week. But on Friday, also 1700 Broadway closed its doors, and 1700 Broadway is the last place that DC, that DC Comics called home in New York. And the crazy thing is that DC has been here for basically some 88 years or something like that since the mid-30s as first it was national comics or national periodicals. And, you know, I mean, more than half of the Fortune 5 companies that existed in 2000 no longer exist here in 2015. And so the idea that there was a company here in New York making comics long before Marvel for almost 90 years 
and they are no longer here. They still are uh, operating, but they've moved to Burbank, which is the home of Warner Brothers, which has owned DC since the early 70s. But in DC has always, if you look at any DC comics and the indicia in the front, the, there's always an address of where DC Comics is, and it's always been in New York. Gotham and Metropolis are based on different visions of New York. And so, you know, there's something sort of very fitting about the fact that, you know, Daredevil, Marvel's thing was such a big thing. And, and there was sort of no, no, but not fitting, but like, you know, there was no... Nobody really talked about it, but yeah, it's I mean, kind of typical the way the Marvel and DC yeah, news have gone. Yeah, yeah, basically, and and it it is just worth putting out there. Like DC Comics, they were making comics here. I mean, look, the comics were printed in Canada for the last fifty years, but the offices were here in New York, New York City. It's an important part of you know of of our city's history, and it's a it's a sad day that DC Comics shuttered up. And left left New York, and uh, I actually worked there for a few years. I know a lot of people who worked there. A lot of people at Marvel once worked at DC. Uh, our very own uh, friend of the show, Axel Alonso, worked at DC mm. Comics. Yep. And so it's you know, I mean, uh, it's it's you know, look, I mean, uh, time time stops waits for no man or whatever, but um. You know, pour one out for DC Comics. In New York City. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an icon and it's out of here. But, you know, like you said, it's kind of just typical of the way the news cycle has gone lately. Uh, Shout out to my homie Arthur Lee Walker to make another reference. It's like Marvel is kind of like the Western Conference of the NBA right now. And DC is the Eastern Conference. It's just the the power is over on one side right now. And not like DC can't get it back. But right about now, for the last few years, Marvel's been winning. And like we said, DC News just hasn't been the best lately. And to continue that trend. (laughs) The director of Wonder Woman is out of there. They can't even find a writer. And now the director, Michelle McLaren, McLaren is out of there. She she directed uh, episodes of Breaking Bad, man. So, I mean, so she, and and, and very good. She's very good. And, and, uh, the reason was the the infamous creative differences. Wah, wah, wah. So it's out of June 2017 release. Yeah, they say there, there's no plans yet of pushing it back or anything. They need to get on that. But I don't know, man. They have they haven't cast Wonder Woman. They still have Gal Gadot. No, Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. How could I forget? Remember, right. you couldn't pronounce your name. Yeah, I mean, how could I forget the epicness that that'll, that'll be? Right. Well, hey, man, Fast and Furious six. Seven. Seven. No, but what, she was in seven? No, I thought she was in six. Five oh, yeah, six. she doesn't make it to seven. No, she doesn't <laughs> make it to no, seven. No, she doesn't. No. Yeah. Ah, well. Um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, DC can find somebody else, and then they can find a writer, you know, everything else they're going to need for this movie to yeah. get it out by 2017. <laughs> so we'll That's see what happens. That's man. Your hopes is up, and then they're down. Uh, now, this might not be a Western Conference powerhouse move right here, but. It's pretty damn. That's at least a three-pointer, man. Uh, yeah, Would you I at least mean, give him a three-pointer? Yeah, lately I will, because Olivia Munn has stepped it up. I will say that lately. And she's been cast as Psylocke for X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. I actually agree with that choice. I don't mind that. And, Chico, you made a very uh, uh, poignant uh, a point about Olivia Munn, her, her nationality or her heritage. She, her mother is Chinese, and she was raised in Japan. And so there were a lot of people who thought she's Hawaiian. She's a white, or, or that she's, uh, well, no, just that you know Psylocke is is like a British woman in an Asian and woman's body. body. Yep. And so there was a whole issue of that on Twitter. And so the point is, well, her mother is Chinese. She is of Chinese descent. She's at least, she's like, if not half, like a third Chinese. Like she mm-hmm. is, a you know, Asian American. 
And um, I've liked her in in most of the things that I've seen her in. I I think it's great casting. Yeah, I think it's great casting. Yeah, I wasn't. I'm not. I don't know because when I look at Olivia Munn, I don't think of tough Psylocke. That's the one thing I'll say. You know, I think of Psylocke as this cold blooded killer, mm-hmm. and I don't really see that. But I have seen Olivia Munn play really tough on um no in the newsroom on the newsroom. Exactly. She definitely played That's very tough on there. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not I wasn't mad at it. You know, she's definitely hot. You know, so that part is covered, and like I say, she has stepped her game up because I was you know on the newsroom. I liked her as an actress. I thought she did a fantastic job. So once again, you know, three pointer for Marvel and DC. You know, throws the ball out and of bounds. DC misses all their foul <laughs> shots. <laughs> <laughs> like back, back in the back in the seventies. You used to be able to get you got three chances to make two in yeah. in, in, in the NBA in the seventies. And DC gets three, three chances and misses all three. <laughs> I mean, it really seems like that these days. And uh, we got a huge show ahead of us, so let's just take this quick break, and then we'll be right back with Nikki Phillips and Stacy Strobel, the authors of Comic Book Crime, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Stay with us, fan bros. Hey, Internets, this is Combat Jack, and you're listening to The Fan Bro Show. Do me a favor. Do them a favor. Subscribe, rate, comment on iTunes. Follow them on SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, MySpace, Black Planet, Mi Gente. Hey, Fan Bros. Welcome back to this amazing episode of Fan Bros Show. We have our special guests in the house on this spaceship. But before I introduce them, I want to tell you something about their book, Comic Book Crime, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. This book digs deep into celebrated characters such as Superman, Batman, Daredevil, and Wonder Woman and provides a comprehensive understanding of crime and justice in contemporary American comic books. It's analysis of approximately 200 comic books from 2002 to 2010 and several years of emerging in the comic book fan culture. We have author and co-author Nikki Phillips and Stacey Strobel here with us on the spaceship. Welcome. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. This is very cool. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. So uh, I I just read a brief synopsis of the book, but I want to introduce you guys Thoroughly. So tell us about yourselves. Stacey? Well, we are both professors of criminology and criminal justice. Nikki at St. Francis College, and I'm at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. And uh, we actually were both working in our offices one day being diligent graduate students, and Nikki saw a comic book peeking out in my backpack. And when you're in academia, sometimes, especially 10 years ago, having a comic book was seen as sort of like, oh, you know, you might not be a serious scholar, you know, this is sort of frivolity. how would you bring that on campus? Um, but it turned out that Nikki also read comic books, so um, it was sort of like this, we both sort of came out to each other as people interested in comics and then TV and movies and all this really cool stuff. And so uh, we started doing um, a serious academic project on comic books, and what was hilarious was we were looking for a professor to be our faculty advisor because we were still students and we were actually told by many people not to pursue this as a scholarly endeavor yeah yeah so this is comic book hate yeah (laughs) totally totally and so we sort of just said well we'll just present at conferences anyway we'll like be our own advisors 
Mm. And so that's when. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to just take it upon your, you know, take it all in your own hands. Yeah. So. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Nikki, you want to add to that? Um, no, that's pretty much how it started. Um, we were just interested in sort of the intersections of cultural criminology and pop culture. So. We did. We did. We just started doing our own projects, and we did a lot of separate projects on different facets of uh, comics and crime and justice. And eventually we presented at a conference um, that was specifically focused on crime and popular culture. And that's when we got the idea um, and support to do the book. So it started from all of our separate projects that kind of came together into this one piece. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so uh, it's been, uh, you said like 10, 10 years ago you, you started this? Yeah, it was, I think, about 2004-ish. Because uh, in that time, there's been this huge change. You know, basically that was before the first of the Marvel movies, and now you've got all the TV shows. And so you guys sort of anticipated something, I think, at least on the comic book end, as well as perhaps with the criminology and police brutality angle as as well. Um, I know. I think there's something to that with the book, comic book crime. We're looking at comic books, you know, between 9/11 and 2010. And at the time, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler because there's so many exciting pages in this book that I hope <laughs> folks will pick up. But one of the things at the time, in that particular time period, very much the Bush era, is we felt that in terms of representations of gender, race, um, and other sort of social justice issues that we were concerned about, uh, we felt like it was sort of a liminal time that, that um, you know, it could be getting more progressive and better. Um, or it could be getting more conservative, sort of white male, old school. And it was sort of on the precipice. But, and Nikki and I have been talking since, because we continue to read stuff, um, that we think actually things are really changing. We're seeing more representation of yes. people of color and, and women in supporting, not just in supporting roles, excuse me, but in you know main roles, like all new Captain America. We've got a black guy, uh, Spider-Man, Dominican, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Uh, Storm's got her own title right now. So we're seeing a lot of action. And so we think actually had we written the book maybe 2010 to now, we would have been a lot more excited about what we were interested in. And I'll tell you just to not to speak too long, but um, I think one of the real impetuses of the project was that comic books were uninterrogated compared to other media. Right. So, I mean, there's so many academics writing about film. Like, I'm scared to write about film because there's so many, like, pretentious people writing about film that, <laughs> dare I say something wrong, I might be banished forever or something. Uh, and TV. People are writing about TV. There were less folks. I mean, there's, they're out there, but there were less people talking about comic books. And we felt that oftentimes the discourse wasn't critical enough, that we really mm. wanted to take on some of the issues around who was uh, providing justice and for whom. Uh, and using what methods, right? I mean, Those torture, et cetera. Yeah. So that's, we were just sort of going to, trying to sort of break into that a little bit more than, than what had been done. Yeah. The other thing that we learned pretty quickly was that we needed to focus on comic books and not all of superhero or comic book culture. Because that, the, the movies had, that explosion had already sort of started, but not it, it, not all the TV stuff yet. But once we sort of dove into it, we we quickly said we need to set our parameters about what we're going to talk about because we didn't want to tackle every every representation in video games and films and television and and all the history of that. So for the book, we really did try to focus on just on comic books for that for the time period. Yeah, we know nothing about manga, so and we and manga. Oh, I was gonna say I, I'm a, I'm an anime fan, so. Uh. 
<laughs> Sorry yeah. to disappoint we, you. We think it's awesome stuff. No, that's fine. We I, just I, don't know it. I like that you guys had like a more of a laser focus yeah. on that because, as you said, you have all these different mediums, and they show half the time they show the same character four or five different ways and doing yeah. and yes. behaving slightly differently. So I think it's good that you guys did it that yeah. way. Yeah. I think with manga, there's a whole other can of worms that yes. might be <laughs> opening up <laughs> yeah. um, in terms yeah. of representation of men, women, uh, you know, girls, everyone. And men. Yeah, I mean, humanity at large. Humanity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, quick question: You come off extremely well versed in like comic book lore. So how long would you consider yourself a fan, bro? Is this a lifelong thing? It's actually not a lifelong thing. It's an no. adult thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> Nikki it's is a, a lifelong. It's I wouldn't say entirely life lifelong, but um, when when I was a little bit younger, but not as a kid, I, I would say I was in my early 20s. But I started reading Vertigo comics, right? Mm. So I was reading Sandman and Preacher and all of those, like, in the in the real heyday of Vertigo. And I didn't read any superhero comics. So the superhero stuff is definitely, for, for that, it was really for that book. And we read a lot of titles that probably we wouldn't have read just for p- pleasure, you know? But once we got into it and we sort of developed our own we figured out too that we had sort of different tastes so there were certain like marvel titles that stacy was much more interested in and certain dc pieces that i was more interested in. and then we sort of developed a way of of learning as much as we could where i was sort of the marvel person and she was more of the dc person and then the indies are all up to that that was also before the big image um image image is going crazy we would have had a a totally different take i think i would have well, I, you know, I was when I was young, I read Archie, but it was super light. And I don't even count it. Uh, the reason I started reading comics in my twenties is I had a, a boyfriend who very quickly became an ex-boyfriend who said, <laughs> who said that girls don't read comics, and <gasps> and it made me go out. I know this sounds like a really bizarre, so but I was determined to read comics at least for a couple <laughs> weeks. Right. Um, <laughs> and and it's you know. So then I and, and then it, well and Vertigo then like like Nikki I think the Vertigo comics really spoke to me um, mm. yeah and this is the early two thousands but there seemed to be I really loved the sort of this was Constantine Hellraiser yeah. I loved that sort of dark uh, noir kind of um, mm. piece that that Vertigo is really famous for in many ways so Sandman yeah, I mean who, Sandman say no is, more right yeah pretty yeah. much I mean Vertigo pretty much like brought that like what Image is doing now Vertigo was doing then yeah yeah, yeah definitely. So that was another question. You, the book is like it's so well researched. Like I'm reading through it, and it's so many comics that I've either read or know about. And like when I get to the chapter on Native Americans, I'm thinking, okay, they better talk about Scout. And then boom, there's Scout. <laughs> oh, you know, great. so I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. they know what they're talking about. So I mean, that's you already a- answered it, but so you read all of these things oh, that yeah. are mentioned in the book. Oh, yeah. It took like a really actually, long time. As, as we say, you, 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 the comics I cops, you actually copped all these comics. Oh, we have... St- that stuff is uh, heavy and takes up a lot of space in yes. the New York apartment. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. we have a lot of comics. I bought a storage unit because of this. Wow. We, there's no other way. Yeah. We wow. have a, we ha- have a lot, yeah. So yeah, and we I, spend a lot of... Now that I think about it, and then, you know, a lot of money. It's... It's from a social science point of view. When you do this kind of research, you've got to, you've really got to develop your sample and go through it methodically, right? There's no corners cutting in the world of academia, right? So, uh, and when we decided to have such a such a big sample of over 200 comic books, it sounded really doable at the time. Until into the project, we realized, hmm, you know, had we known 
how long this was going to take us, maybe we would have designed it a lot differently because it took yeah. us, I think I want to say three to four years to actually write the book. And we had started researching yeah. a couple years before that. We so had this a, a framework. multi-year We multi-year had a framework project. and it, yeah, yeah, it was just a lot of, it was a lot of work. <laughs> so I, I actually worked at DC Comics for a few years and you, you mentioned the women in refrigerators. Yeah. Um, situ- and I was actually there. Oh, you were? Yeah. No, oh. no, 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 not nothing um uh, the the only thing that i can say is um <clears throat> you were talking about who's making the comics and who are they making them for um i was there when that happened i was not there i had already left when the identity crisis happened so uh, just just for people out there the women refrigerator started when green lantern's girlfriend was killed by major force and he shoved her into a refrigerator I don't know if you guys know this. They actually redrew that several times. The original version, the refrigerator door is completely open. Mm -hmm. And she's stuffed in there, like, really graphically with, like, her arms and legs all broken. And and, and it's, like, pretty hard. So then they redrew it once. And then they had to redraw it again. Um, But I can honestly say the... um, Because now the panel is just him, like, kind of opening the door. Exactly. You just have the sense of what happened. So, but but the idea of just that it isn't just what happened, but they showed it. It was so much more graphic, and the you know the the problem is especially you know all, all through the history of comics is that um, they they showed like the the death or serious injury of women uh, of female characters just to get to the hero, um, and there's been a lot of tropes about that in comics. Most yeah. recently, there was the issue with the. Uh, was it Batwoman or Batgirl cover? That, the, that it was the uh, Batgirl cover yeah, the Batgirl featuring cover. Joker. But I also can tell you, I was not there when Identity Crisis came uh, came out. But I knew people were there, and there there literally was someone running through the hall saying, "The rape pages are here. The rape pages are here." Yeah, yeah and we, they mentioned that in the book yeah, too. No, so. I know yeah, that, but I, I heard yeah. that, and I'm just like, so these are 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 basically decent people who are very clueless about a lot of this stuff. Um, well, and, and, and it's extraordinary now looking back on it, but they were honestly shocked. They were shocked the way D.W. Griffith was shocked that people thought uh, Birth of a Nation was racist. I think that a creator, the creators are very progressive. I think and if you follow them, like on Twitter, if you follow them personally, they're very progressive. It's just that the the medium itself is so formulaic that it doesn't allow for the kinds of diversity, even when they would attempt to write it in so i think that yeah i mean i think that sometimes it's kind of like whoa they don't ex- i don't think that they expected that backlash over that bat batgirl they, piece they, right they were, yeah they were gen- genuinely shocked yeah. every time these things happen one of the side effects of something like vertigo existing is that a lot of the progressive people and a lot of the women karen berger formed yeah. vertigo her protege shelly robert like a lot of the women in editorial went to work for vertigo and so it actually made the uh the male editor, the, the the regular DC universe became even more of like an old boys club, and these were all people who had gone back and forth from Marvel to DC in the sixties, seventies, eighties, who had all gone from being you know in their early twenties to into their forties and fifties, and uh, you know, you know I mean you, you can see sort of it's very insular that that has changed I think since since that period um, you're still going to have episodes and incidents but. I think I think a lot has changed since then. Yeah. Uh, well, one would hope. I think yeah, and I think that they're pretty progressive. But there's always going to be like the Frank Millers and you know like the. Well, he went crazy at some <laughs> point. 
Rain Miller's been crazy yeah. for a long time. This is not this is yeah. not like something new. Rain Miller's been crazy since at least Sin City. Right. At the yeah, very absolutely. least. Yeah, and, and and pretty much well before that. If you really take a look at like the early the Dark Knight returns and all that, it's there's problems. <laughs> like to say the least. J- Juno Diaz was actually on the show oh, and used cool. used yeah. Daredevil beating Turk as an example of you know sort of the some of the stuff that you guys are talking about like who exactly is he trying to get justice for when he's just beating and 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 he used the expression like beating on turk and i don't know if you guys have seen the daredevil uh netflix series but there's an actual part where daredevil is beating on turk and turk says why are you beating on me which led (laughs) us to believe maybe actually the they actually heard the fan bros episode and uh but um you know you know um yeah there's definitely, and you're right. I mean, Frank Miller is sort of representative of a of a pretty regressive point of view, you know. Yeah, I mean, in terms of gender, though, what's interesting is that yeah, we're getting a little bit more in terms of female creators, editors, and so on. But we're also seeing uh, a return to more sort of maybe not a return, a ramping up of more pornographic drawing styles. And I'm thinking of Power Girl is floating through my mind right now with her keyhole mm. cleavage action going on. <laughs> the window, on. the boob window. The boob window, <laughs> like it. That's the way to refer to it. I'm using that from now on. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's sort of this interesting thing. Now, could that be, you know, third wave feminism where, you know, women are owning their sexuality or is it still the male gaze? I, I think it's still the personally but then i'm not the most third wavist out there so there could be some some talk about this but i i you know i'm i'm sort of of two minds on gender because i'm still seeing these drawings being so male heterosexual male friendly i guess is a way of putting it and um I, i'm not sure exactly what to make of that even as we're getting some more progressive um you know, mm-hmm. writing, you know, the, the, the visuals may not be, I mean, that may be the next frontier, actually, for right. comic books is just sort of, I mean, a woman can be sexy in a lot of different ways, um, but it still tends to be sort of these sort of stock, uh, you know, types of um, bodies that superhero yeah. women have. Um, expressions on their face, right? Uh, remember Greg Land and <laughs> yeah. the porn, oh, the porn face uh, right. scandal. I'm like the biggest hater of Greg Land. Oh, are I, you? Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand his stuff. I, I just think it's not even the porn faces that get me. It's just like the stilted feel of it. It doesn't feel like there's flowing action. It just it's yeah. true because the faces are <laughs> stuck in that orgasmic whatever you know frozen yeah, botox the, the scoliosis of the back where like, oh, uh, that, that know, too. The, the breasts yes. are totally forward and then yeah. the butt is to- like you, that, you, you actually can't do that physically <laughs> and they're just standing around like in the headquarters having conversations right, right. and they're doing stuff that no human can actually do right you know, regarding the Power Girl thing, this is a, genu- a genuine question. I mean, can it be both with the male gaze and the third wave, wave feminism in the sense that so Amanda Connor drew the most recent, um, uh, you know, ser- Power Girl series? Um, so is that an example of, you know, Howard Stern had Robin Quivers sitting next to him? So that basically gave him license to say all kinds of sexist stuff and racist stuff because he had a black woman right next to him. Is is Amanda, you know, Connor giving cover to that, or is she actually expressing her own, you know, 
her own third wave I mean, you know, feminist point of view. So I haven't read all of the possible commentary that she's had, but I've read some of it. And I actually think she's too apologetic for the male gaze in the history of comics and sort of what Power Girl has to offer. It's it's it just it's not. But again, like I am a little bit I call myself feminist 2.5 because I'm sort of Gloria Steinem with a little bit of extra edge because I'm younger, but I'm not quite <laughs> third wave, you know. Lena Dunham's Girls doesn't totally speak to me sometimes because it's yeah, like... I hope t- it doesn't totally speak to anyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we are... Broad City. Broad City. Broad City. Oh, yeah, 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 totally, yeah. totally. So anyway, I mean, I, but I do... But yeah, I think Power Girl is just way too apologetic. Uh, I would like to see something even more radical, but I'm not sure, as Nikki pointed out, and I think she's absolutely right, that the medium works like that. I mean, the conventions are so locked in in many ways, if you want it to sell. And this is what I think some misunderstanding, at least in the academic circles, about our book, uh, though we've been getting great reviews, so we should put that out there. Um, can we, <laughs> can we put that out there? Campbell Brack, that's fine. Um, but one of the things I think has often been misunderstood is, you know, there, I- there are, you know, very progressive um, depictions out there of women, people of color, you name it, aliens, aliens need their due, zombies, zombies are getting a good, good due, everybody, right? The, the whole sort of... Uh, the whole stratosphere. Um, but I think one of the things that um, is interesting about what we did is we specifically read the stuff that sold. So we didn't, a lot of people who come to comics as academics, they have something they like, like they love Spider-Man, so they just laser in on that. Or they say to themselves, I'm going to look at the, you know, Art Spiegelman's Pulitzer Prize winning wonderful stuff, which is great. But we just said, we're just going to go with what the people are reading. And it led us to read some kind of shitty stuff at times, no offense to the people. <laughs> But um, it's the truth. <laughs> we like the truth here. Yeah. But it also made us understand that some of the, some of the conventions, the things that sell, sell are still the things that you would associate with a, sort of that white male heterosexual universe where the communities that we're saving are communities that aren't very multicultural. Mm. The hero is a white male. Uh, and we had focus groups in New York City sort of that got at that. And we actually, and most of the focus groups were, I think we had like one woman in like five focus yeah. groups. And we were like, we yeah. got the community. No, that's <laughs> terrible. There are more re- women readers than that. But I think that's still overwhelmingly male readership. I'm not talking about movies and television, but actually going to the store and reading reading the, the hard copies. Is Although still, that's growing. It's growing. And with image, I, it would be different now though, right? But when yes. we were doing it, it was... Um, not quite as equitable no, as yeah. it is now. No, no. Walking Dead no. is like uh, 2005 or six. Yeah, yeah, they just had their 10th anniversary, so it's like 2004 mm-hmm. maybe. So yeah, it, it, that's the when Image first started getting yeah. this new wave yep. of creators and everything. Okay. So I mean, and I can corroborate what you're saying about just actually going to the physical store and actually. Yep. Being, I mean, I go to the comic book store. I would say regularly every month and every oh, time. What, what's your store? Um, well, it could be anything. It could be we were just in Forbidden Planet actually, oh, okay. a couple okay. days ago. That's yeah. but, where I end up. But typically, it's the, we. I get there, and not only am I the only, either the only, or maybe one of three women. I'm typically the only black woman in there. So then I have both of those. You know, the yeah. double minority, if you will. So right. I, I completely understand what you're saying. It makes sense. So I have identified, and I think Nikki agrees with me. The, the worst comic book in the whole world. Wow. Um, <laughs> I just wanted if you've ever read it, if you wanted to. I want to know. Uh, the JLA slash Avengers, George Perez, Kurt Busiek. Now, uh, why do you think this is the worst comic <laughs> ever? I have to say, you know, it, the the writing was really poor. The art was crammed. Not, yes. Yeah. And I just, it was just one fight 
conflict after another and I just completely couldn't follow it. And so, you know, I know these folks may have done some other great things, but yikes. See, I, 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 I couldn't give that book away. I tried to give it away to two of my students that kept coming back. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm going to stick up for it a little bit because it's one of those books that it just, it's, it, that's all it's about. It was, you know, a purpose to have Batman fight, you know, Iron Man. A purpose to have Thor fight Superman. It had nothing. It was a fight that. book. It wasn't about about the deeper understandings of of their yeah, it's like rivalry. Some, it's, it's just like, like we hate each other. I mean, they don't, they don't even have a rivalry. They're two <laughs> yeah. different companies. So it's no, like, yeah. but 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 it's just it's a, rivalry in terms of a fanboy name from a that, fanboy perspective. These are rivals. That's so all so it this is. was yeah. so maybe I didn't have the right mind frame. It was like, okay, what if this yes. character from DC and this character from Marvel actually had a reason and a universe yes. to fight But in? you know Strip you know you know when yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just what if that's this what guy these, fought this yeah. guy? That's, that's it. what the crossovers are just to appeal to the you know the people the fan, who have these conversations. The super who would fans. Win, Batman or Spider-Man yeah. that, that kind of thing. Boom. You're never going to get really good stories in 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 those or rarely you know what was so interesting when i first started reading superhero comics um because that dude said that girls don't read comics <laughs> uh, who will remain nameless because this is a podcast yeah. and you know i don't want to be sued because he's a don't lawyer make him famous he's yeah. a lawyer yeah. he's well, a lawyer if he, if he really said that he can't sue you Oh. You know, you're saying a true statement. Yeah, <laughs> well, anyway. Um, but one of the th- I always thought, like, that the, the superhero, the individual one, would be in a world of their own. And one of the first things I had to get over was that there was, in, within the continuum of stories, that, they, that the superheroes populated the planet, that the, all the DC superheroes were in Gotham and other places. All the Marvel ones were in there. Well, and it's sort of interesting. I was just wondering if anybody ever thought about that. And has there ever been... I mean, been... you touched on it in really quickly in your book because you uh, mentioned uh, the storyline Justice. Oh, I love talking yeah. about justice. I right, see, because, uh, yeah, I do too. And I really, it was really interesting because I really love justice. Not like, I mean, not love, like, oh my God, it's one of the greatest of all time. But it was really like, when I was reading it month to month, it was a really interesting story. It had the Alex Ross art. So, you know, the art was there. And But your book also made me kind of look at it a, as, in a different perspective because it your book kind of makes it seem like the heroes might be the villains at the end of it all. Because they, they put away the villains but the villains are really trying to save the world. Yeah. What does ba- what does Batman say in the movies? He says, "Live long enough to become the villain." villain. Yeah, but it's it's more so that the villains in this book are like trying to cure world ills, like hunger, yeah. starvation, etc. They, but I their mean, methods are their questionable, methods are and that's what they. And that's at the end of the day, that's what what starts the issues. You know, yeah, is that their methods Superman, are questionable. Superman, Lex Luthor, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, Lex Luthor might have great ideas, but the way he's going about it is a little sketchy. There's an um that and like she said, there's another uh, variation on that, uh, and I guess this would have fallen under the time frame is from uh, All Star Superman. Uh huh. When when at the end of that, yeah. which I mean to me is one of the greatest books ever written. It's just hands down like it goes, you know, it should go into archives, whatever. But Superman tells Lex Luthor and that you would have saved the world a long time ago if you really wanted to. You know, it's not yes, about. Yes, it's a it's a perfect question, and yeah. I, and this is where the medium. I mean, I would say that the the indictment of that book, if you see that as a big critique, it, or as we did, or that you could be critical of it, is the medium s- somehow because it, because of its Americanness is really focused on individual um, success and gain, individual mm. motivation to good for good or evil, right? Because mm. what Lex Luthor, though we love to hate him, what he's saying is, look, if you guys are so effing great, why do we still have poverty and racial discrimination and et cetera? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and even though he his intentions are poor, his methods are poor, 
Uh, it's a really good question for these superheroes. And the answer um, in the text from what we can glean in our reading of it is the answer is, well, you know, if we solved the overarching social uh, dilemmas, then then people wouldn't be able to to build their character, right? Through mm-hmm. the struggle, it just makes you stronger. Yeah. yeah, and see, that's one of those things. Like, I, I guess now that I'm looking at it, I really didn't get that. I mean, I get it now because it's really obvious. It's trying to like, you know, they defeat them, and they're like, you had these great plans to save the world, but your methods were wrong. But instead of saving the world with your great plans, now nah, I wish to go back to doing what we yes. do every yes. day. Yes. <laughs> trying to take over the world. But not even. We're going to, you know, bust up the people who are trying to take over the world. So. Well, there was a moment, and this is also in the book in the 1970s, um, in the DC universe, where there was a sort of play a bit with, oh, well, what about social justice? Because yeah. really the, the sort of tropes in comic books historically has really been about the individual right the world is so horrible and we're looking for a sort of almost a messianic figure many people have written about that right superman is a messianic figure but we're looking for the individual to save things right and and then if we want to get involved in that we do it by like uh sort of having the individual as a mentor and doing that as an individual it's this Mm. very individualistic and i see that as a very american response to anything right it's it's the, the the primacy of the individual um, but I think what's interesting about um, this is that in the 70s, there was Green, remind me again. Uh, Green, Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Green Lantern and Green Arrow who were taking an excursion into the, into the ghetto. Yes. And wow. they, uh, yeah. yeah. And saying to themselves, why, you know, look, at, look around here. Um, uh, you know, why are things like this? And uh, what was their, remind me. Uh, what the greatest panel of all time is a black man asking, um, Green Lantern, you do things for the yellows, for the blue stems, <laughs> for the green stems, for the purple stems. Why haven't you done anything for the black stems? And Green Lantern responds with, I don't know. Damn. <laughs> That's the answer to everything. <laughs> Although, um, just to, part of the thing, the, the writer, Denny O'Neill, yep. uh, he had come from actually newspapers and was a newspaper reporter. Mm-hmm. And so he was, this was a, a kind of changing over of the guard with uh, generations of writers. So he was bringing actually some journalism to comics. And in a lot of ways, that whole storyline has not aged well. <laughs> but <laughs> but I it, was, think it was groundbreaking at yeah. the time. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, the Neil Adams art, you know. Yeah, it still uh, but, 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 yeah, I mean, it's something like that. It is very interesting to look at now. Um, but at the time, that was like cutting edge stuff. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. Well, there, I mean,. It, you know, joking aside, if that could have been developed, right? But that was seen as a dead end. That's what's so right. interesting, right? Yeah. So hypothetically, <laughs> like, I don't know. Hypothetically, yeah, that could have been the first stab at a whole new genre of social justice oriented, yeah. you know, big macro right, yeah. critique of capitalism, compu- yep. con- critique of American individualism, and it just doesn't, right? right. Because the fans right. don't want to buy it. That's yeah. why. I mean, it's not because you know somebody out there doesn't care about this stuff. But I think a lot of people care about stuff. But what's interesting about comics for for fans isn't that um, that's not what they're buying Th- that's true there there is a fantasy involved but you know later uh, for Marvel Denny O'Neill was writing Iron Man and he made Iron Man uh, an alcoholic based on his own uh, experiences and actually introduced a black man who became Iron Man for a sep- for a couple of years uh, there's some, a whole generation of us that James Rhodes was ah, Iron Man yeah. Yeah, Tony was, Stark yeah. was just this drunk bum <laughs> those um, are the first comics i read so, and that was that was the same so he he maybe tried a little later to address some of that or at least go a that's little still further. but see that's still not really addressing it that's more of like 
that yeah, that's still individualistic. It's not addressing, like, when Tony Stark recovers from his alcoholism, he doesn't attempt to save alcoholics no. across the right. world. No, no. Right, but, but, that's also, no but, that, but yeah. that's also the personality of Tony Stark. That's He's not about to go. Not not even more recently, though, Tony Stark has become the I'm saving the world yeah, type recently. improving the world. Yeah, like, when I was when I was yeah. a kid watching Iron Man, well, because oh. I, I watched it, I'm more animation, he was the drunk guy that he saw. like I, I remember drunk Iron Man or drunk Tony Stark if you will so I I never saw him as that person who's going to be the evangelist and go out and try to help people maybe now but no nah, not well, then. yeah well speaking of, of helping people what really struck us in particular about African-American superheroes going back historically was that they tended to be sort of framed as people helping their own people I'm putting air quotes around that yes um, that they're not universally applicable yeah. to justice writ large they're applicable only to a specific community Com- that has the yeah. same identity. Um, so I'm thinking, and, and often the backstories are, you know, I'm thinking like Luke Cage, um, you know, like that tied up with the criminality. T- yeah, just, tied up with yeah. criminality. Broke out of prison. Uh, uh, to, to that point, um, a lot of people say they, they, at least in the beginning, they were a lot sidekick more so, or one yes. couldn't exist without the other, or the the also ran like yeah, yeah. there was Iron Man, but there's you know there there's 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 Cody of oh, Cody, I call it Cody Rose, <laughs> right? When I become a drunk, now you can have to right, see. like like come on, like well you know while I'm taking this break, here you go, like I'm, I, I'm in a alley you know selling my <laughs> coat for liquor right. maybe you can wear the suit i'm getting my fans i call them Cody. Yeah. sorry wrestling fans <laughs> one quick thing before we take a break though i do i do in your book you were talking about um black panther and you were saying that he's more you know the guardian of wakanda instead of ever joining the avengers but uh, on the other side of it i thought that was my the appeal of black panther to me okay it's like when the avengers came to him he was like Psh, whatever you know, like, I'm not messing with y'all. I'm over here defending my kingdom, which is the greatest city, you know. And it, and Wakanda is so special because it's a technologically advanced country uh-huh. that's never been invaded. Yeah. It's never been colonized. And and Black Panther is adamant about that. And so that's why it, it more appealed to me that he wasn't down with the Avengers, you know. That's like, really, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, that was more He's like. He's still halfway not quite down. Like, he doesn't trust Oh, man, them. in the latest issue, he Black will- Panther has been going he, he he's always yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that respect. He's always been like the Batman to to the, to the DC. Yeah, group, like yep. not quite trusting you. you yeah, know? definitely. And that's what appealed to me about Black Panther. Now I definitely agree with you that for the majority, like Luke Cage, you know, it's you know, like I I grew up reading Power Man and Iron Fist, and it was like damn near comical because I was reading the ones from the seventies, and it was so like what this is, you know <laughs> nobody talks like this, you know, but. No, I think that's a really good point, and I, I think we have to really think about that because Wakanda is a pretty cool place, and in a way, he's actually saying, I don't need that imperial American nonsense. There it is. Uh, I've, I've got this own land that he's I like, can... y'all yeah. do drove over here fighting the monsters. Yeah. See, that's that's my yeah. thing. He but, is the but, embodiment of that hero but, who's yes. doing what he can to enrich his people. But it's still, I mean, other than when he's saying that, you could sort of say that the sort of lens is still from the point of view of the American superhero comics, right? Definitely. And he's the one that's sort of deviant because he chooses to, uh, you know, yeah, because to he's be not so with proud. The cool kids. Yeah, he's not with the cool kids and <laughs> so on. But, you know, his, are you guys reading Storm yes. um, at all? Yep. Okay, so I have to admit, I've only read like number I one. I read a of few, the, yeah. I'm okay, the same only book, the yeah. first one, only the first issue of, yep. the, of the latest reboot. But it was so interesting to me because she's also going 
uh, to save some folks that are dealing with a tsunami, and it's not clear why the tsunami is happening. It could be environmental. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's sort of a climate change reference or not, but who knows? But um, it's a it's an African nation called his, you know made up called Santo Marco. Something something. Yeah. Something yeah. something. Yeah. She's over there doing that, and it's great because the X Men you know, Beast is back in headquarters at the academy, being like, "You can't do that because we're in with the other. You know, if you save those people, the warlords that are yeah. anti mutant, blah blah. Our politics are going to get all screwed up here. You know." and tries to pull her back in yeah. and then ultimately she ends up helping these folks anyway mm -hmm. um, and so there's a couple ways to read that and now I can see it you know is she sticking true to um, you know a place that's important to her or is it this segregationist the isolationist yeah. and, and there's different ways of reading it now another that I don't even have the answer to this the other thing that was really confusing is which identity is is uh, you know sort of more important for Storm that she's a mutant or that she's a black person and it's sort of complicated because she's helping folks that are human black but the politics of the day that seem to be like sort of controlling things are mutant anti-mutant and it's like then i got all confused i'm like whoa <laughs> i got two and then she's female and like there's all this stuff that's going storm's on. issue though and it has always been through her creation you know even back to the chris claremont days is that she's you know this african goddess she was raised as a thief and then became an african goddess you know but is storm is also really funny because as much as you know, she's an awesome black woman. She also has blue eyes and, you know, white hair. Uh, it's like the most yeah. unrealistic depiction of an African woman ever. You know, so it's kind of like... she's, But she's also basically a god. Yeah. So, like, how do you also, to add that into yeah. the mix with everything yeah. else? Yeah. So, so. So I'm tired of this god discrimination that goes on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, we need to get down with that. Is Although, anybody talking about that? The, the female <laughs> Thor is actually outselling the male Thor right now. There that right. wasn't yeah. difficult. The, the, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. But there is a female Thor, and she's outselling the male Thor, and... Uh, you know, you 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 wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have expected that if you you know certainly. And I hear it's really a good ago. book too. And yeah. I think that book spends a lot of time explaining her. Why <laughs> Did you guys read it? No, I haven't read an read issue. Yeah. I have oh, okay. no clue who she is yet. Anything. Yeah. So well. No, go ahead, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it just spends a lot of time because you know there was a lot of controversy as usual about in her introduction, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I wondered how they were going to handle that because there was so much backlash and. Um, they, they really did spend a lot of time explaining her role, how she would fit in, how she's worthy. Um, and it just, it seemed different to me than the way that that, that say the st new run of Storm started or uh, the other characters where they're just sort of like, I'm here, this is what I'm doing. There's a mm. tsunami. It's like there was almost too yeah. much, yeah. too much. A little meta commentary. I feel like yeah. that they had to, uh, but almost they had to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there were all, you know, there, and you guys talked about this on one of your prior episodes, right? Michelle Rodriguez's yes. com uh, comments. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, it, it's interesting because I'm teaching a class this semester and it's on um, fiction, crime, uh, justice in American fiction, and we do like a lot of comic book stuff. And we did talk about female characters in comic books. And a lot of people said exactly what Michelle Rodriguez said, which was, why do we keep rehashing all of these characters and just sort of changing the skin color, changing the gender, when we could build our own mythology, right? Which is kind of what she was just like, stop messing around with this and let's do our own thing. But that's a lot easier said than done, I mean, look right? At, look Be at the Brother Man people trying to raise money for their, yes. their new run of Brother Yeah, Man. because yeah. it's very hard to create a brand new, ca yeah. you know, yeah. that's why they don't do it very often, right? Uh, are we, oh man. <laughs> I, <laughs> he we, got we, him hot now. He's like, ooh. 
Fan Bros, we have to take a break okay. right here, but we're going to come right back and we're going to discuss this subject in depth because, oh my God, I have stuff to say on this. <laughs> we'll be right back with some more Fan Bros right after this. This is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. This is JoJo from Trendsetters. You know what it is. It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Nada Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Foul Munch. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Gene Gray. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Juno Diaz. Hey, yo, 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 what up? It's Prodigy from the infamous Mob Deep, man, the HNIC. You know what I'm saying? This is Anthony Frazier from the Fat Startup. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. Yo, this is Carly Hustle, and when I'm not taking over the world, I'm listening to fanbros.com. <laughs> And welcome back, fan bros. I hope you've been enjoying this episode. We had to take a break right there, but we have a topic that is near and dear to my heart that we have to get into right now. And that is, it's been a lot of controversy over the subject. Like you said, Michelle Rodriguez, we spoke on this on an earlier episode. This week, even on the episode, we were speaking about uh, Yafet Koto. I had such respect for him, so I used to say his name with, you know, pride. And it's all gone now because this week he came out and said that black actors, you can be 003, you can be 006, but you cannot be 007. And so now Yafet, guy who got ate by Alien and runs around in the running man. Well, Yafet, um, he was also the first black, uh, uh, I guess, bad guy in the in the Bond films. Isn't that true as well as him? I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he so. was the very first. So, so that has another level to, of yeah. ridiculousness. You, so you but... can be the black Bond villain. You can right. be the villain, but you can't be the hero. And oof, you definitely oof. touched on it in your book. And it's something that has been aching me lately because this argument has become up a lot. Because lately with a lot of films like Johnny Storm playing, you know, being played yeah. by Michael B. Jordan. And people are outraged and the most shocking part of this that from my perspective is that most of the people I've talked to are outraged are black people which it's kind of mind-boggling because one thing and and, and, and to add on that Idris Elba is Heimdall uh, uh, in the Thor yeah. movies but funny enough about this uh, uh, the um, that comment is strange to me and the fact that people get up in arms to me is like I understand it's a fandom there there's a lot of thought and feeling and emotion behind it these are nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, fictional characters. Yes. 007 does not exist. Yes. He, there has never been, to my knowledge, <laughs> this guy running around with, with the car that ejects you and all that stuff, except for Michael Knight. And I Knight think Yafet but <laughs> Right, but I, I don't understand. Like, a lot of this stuff to me is very misplaced and it's just strange. I'm like, this, this person is not real, and yet you assign this real personal tangible feeling to this character yafet said that if some if a black man can play uh 007 he should be able to play john f kennedy then do it i don't care no but, but, no but, no but, no but, wait a minute but, slow but down in, slow in, down in hold a on, fictional hold on. Ta- context tatiana slow down <laughs> i'm sorry john f kennedy isn't a real is a real, is a real person. person i know but that's why I, that's why I, that's <laughs> he why wasn't I, real yeah, what there's a difference here like. no but i'm adding on from a from a <laughs> crazy fictional but I didn't get to finish. From a fictional standpoint, if you want to be stupid or be funny or do some alternate yeah. universe, fine. Yes, that's a real person. A fake person? What's, uh, 
What's I, the big deal? I, I'm with you because it actually says that people really essentialize that characteristic, right? Of all the different things that make that character who and what he or she it is, that is the most important, not, you know, of 007, not his, you know, amazing use of technology, his, his wits, his, I don't, whatever. Yeah, the guy. <laughs> Whatever's great about him. That, that the essential characteristic of Bond is that he's white. That is very interesting about the yeah. psyches of people yeah. who are looking at this stuff, I think. During this argument, I'm talking with one guy, and I'm like, list the qualities of Johnny Storm. He's like, hot-headed, brash, gets the women, drives cars, this and this, this and this, this and this, this and this. And he's like, when I think of that, I think of the Johnny Storm I read in the comics. So I'm like, brother, that's in your head then, because nothing you said to me makes him black or white. You just said he, you know. He just said his, his, his qualities or his personality. You didn't say, oh, yeah, and he's white. Like yeah, yeah. neither, I was gonna say that too. People technically, like when you're describing it, they describe their qualities. They don't say, "Oh, by the way, he's white, white, or yeah. he's this, or he's that." Unless it's very integral to the character. For instance, Black Panther. Black Panther is a black man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I'll play one on this podcast. <laughs> I think people have trouble with people who are in power or authority type of positions being people of color. I think that is still, you know, if we're talking about, you know, uh, um, you know, the American sort of uh, general cultural milieu, I think people still have trouble with that, that that's threatening, that we still somewhere deep in deep in our hearts, unfortunately, and I am not advocating this, have the sense that the person who should be making the big decisions and taking care of everybody is a white male. It's still there. And it's in many ways, it's not our fault. I mean, those of us who grew up in a culture which you know, if you grew up in the 50s, you grew up even in the 70s or the 80s like I did, you know, there, it was still rare to see in in popular culture really strong, powerful um, women and strong and powerful um, people of color in, in different, you know, big roles. I mean, there was the Cosby show, but that was something special, right? <laughs> the Cosby um, show. I, yeah. Or, and, and Nikki just did a, a really laudable reviewing of Cagney and Lacey. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I, 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 I couldn't go there, but she was right to do oh. it. It's, it's worth looking at again. And one of the things that or she was... not, I don't know. <laughs> no, like it was. Uh, uh, but she was basically saying that how many times the two women in that series had to remind viewers that they were cops. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. <laughs> because... Which, they kept saying it over and which, over. You know, so it's no, like, you're a short order cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not only that, wasn't Lacey's husband? Oh no, he was an architect. I was, I thought maybe he was unemployed, but they're actually no, because they did a. There actually is like something that they no, did there on on Cagney and Lacey where she's the cop she's and the breadwinner, but yeah. maybe, maybe maybe you know he was an architect or something. Do you like remember that? how many times she they would say they I'm would a, say I'm a cop in every yeah, situation? Nobody believes that. Nobody. Is that the same? as a female Thor saying, by the way, I'm Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm worthy. Yes. 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 So, exactly the same. Wait, I just want to say, to, going back to, to, to what DJ ben Amin was talking about, so I think there is a little bit of a difference between, say, Miles Morales, who is uh, a, char- a black character in the comics. People aren't free. If they make the new Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, he's an existing character, and I don't think you'll see people freaking out the way they freaked out about the Black Johnny Storm. Wrong. Really? Yes. People Wrong. are right if they now. Said Peter Parker was black. I could see those people freaking out. Right like, now, people and the words of Charlie Murphy. Wrong. 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 <laughs> people are arguing me to death right now about how they do not even want to see Miles Morales in this new film. They want to see Peter Parker again because he hasn't been done right in film in six goddamn movies. And you still, I don't care. It might as well be six. And you still think he hasn't been done right? I know. You are a bunch of 
and and once again, sad to say, these are mainly black people telling me this, and it's it's really amazing, and it, it has to do with what you say about positions of power, and the other one, like the, one of their big arguments that is used, and I kind I, I agree on both sides of this because. I, I got into this argument when the first Avengers came out because a friend of mine was like, they should make Hawkeye black. And I was like, what's wrong with you? He's white in the comments. He shouldn't be black. I was on the other side. You know, I was on that side. I was like, there's no reason to make him black. And then I realized there's no reason for him not to be black. Right. Everything that makes Hawkeye Hawkeye is just characteristics that could be any person. And that's my own personal hangup that I've only seen him this way. And their other argument is that they say, well, we should raise up our own black characters. And I'm so glad that you made that point that it's not freaking easy to make a legendary character that will endure for 50 years of history. That's the other problem of it. No matter what you do right now, you're not going to beat Superman. There's not going to be another black Superman because Superman's already been done and he's had 75 going on 100 years right now. No, and, and what you're talking about is totally right. Those people who you're talking about can name three different girlfriends that Peter Parker has had, and they don't they don't know they can't name any girlfriends that Miles Morales has had. Like they, don't they care. know they're they know Peter Parker. Yeah. They you know, you know in a way that they don't know Miles Morales. Um, wait, one other point I wanted to make, and I don't know if it's if it's important or not, is the fact that actually so um, T'Challa the the Black Panthers. I, is being is being played by a black man, but he's not being played by an African man. He's being played by an African American, and now they're talking about Ernie Hudson playing his father, who's also an African American. And Please I God definitely no. thought, especially with all these African actors who are doing all kinds of great stuff and winning Oscars, that and hey, I think Chadwick Boseman is an awesome actor. Mm-hmm. I don't, I hold, but I do think it was th- there was a choice made there that they didn't go with an African guy, that they went with an African American guy. Um, which is more of just the American sort of America being thinking that the whole world is American kind of thing. Ugh, yes. I, I think that as much as we're seeing some kind of progress in the comic books themselves, we know the future right now for the movies how far in advance. We know the releases, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, so years. years in advance, and how many? I mean, we're still, it's, it's still so underrepresented. For Somebody said it so great on Twitter the other day. They were like, Black Panther in three years, but in the meantime, here's Ant-Man. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, you know, I'm I'm hyped to see Ant-Man, but... Yo, that are we less it. excited about Ant-Man now? Yeah, we are super less... Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's sorry, bro, but it, you got a lot to live up to, and you're not looking like it. And it's like, that's the thing, it's like Black Panther is so, you know, it's like they dangling the carrot. You know, just hold on, and eventually you'll get to Black Panther. Like, I'm, I'm hyped that I'm looking forward to Luke Cage now, next year. But on the same token, I'm having to look forward to the hero who gets out of prison and become a hero. It's like, thanks. Yeah, you know? it's the same thing with the Wonder Woman movie. Oh, I mean, it. they cannot figure... They're like, she's she's really difficult to write well. What? It's like, what? I don't understand <laughs> that. They have a real, a real problem with Wonder Woman that's just unbelievable. Um, and they haven't been... They haven't managed to do it right. Um, did you did you guys for any reason go back and take a look at the Linda Carter TV show because that came actually on Netflix yes. and and I watched a couple of episodes on Netflix and it was a lot better than I thought it would you know like in terms of it I mean, held it, up to it, time. It, it held it held up to you know sort of better than 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 a lot of stuff from from the last 10 20 years and certainly than some Wonder Woman comics I, I definitely watched it as a young girl and yeah. thought it was super empowering at the time whether I, but I haven't seen it as an adult what so do you I have seen has. it I've Nikki rewatched has. it but not relatively recently but as an adult definitely and it's 
I mean, it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's. It's good. I mean, it's compared to the yes. dearth of things I mean, out there. You know, there's, there's, there are so few. The representation. I actually got into an argument. But let me say, but I love Linda Carter, and yes. I think she's great in that. So that's no, you know, as an actress. Uh, oh, well, yeah. as Wonder Woman. As Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She well, she really is the iconic. I mean, I don't even think Wonder of Wonder. Wonder. Even though I read the Wonder Woman comics, I still think of Linda Carter yes. actually as Wonder Woman as my like you know go to visual in mm-hmm. my head. So that means something. She really is the iconic, isn't she? Yeah. yeah, she's an definitely Irish Chicana woman playing a playing a Greek goddess or Greek demigoddess. Yeah. Um, yeah, well. So I got into an argument with some friends' parents like about five or ten years ago, where I said that I thought Lois Lane was the most important uh, feminist literary character in, in the American canon. What? Wow. Okay, so I, wow. I, I okay, she so I have so an argument with you too. Yeah, how so did you not get shot? Well, so yeah, they disagree with me, but I guess so everyone here disagrees with me. She's so the worst. I thought the, ori- I thought the I mean, the original no, incarnation she's lo- of Lois Jesus Lane. She was, she's Lois Lane. She's, no, but she's plucky. She's a better reporter than And as than soon Clark. as Superman comes around, she's a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree I mean, with Ben. She goes out and investigates her own stories. I mean, I'm thinking more That's her job as a reporter. As a no, as her job as a reporter, as a literary device. No, she's just saving a woman. No, she tends to drop her career goals when Superman promises big things. Except a lot of her career goals to figure out who Superman is, and she that's even worse. She comes the closest. So you're refuting your own point. Hold on, hold on. Of the century, hold on. But then it falls into the it falls into that overall frame of women, you know, in search of a marriage. Basically, her identity is in relation, and her identity is always as a yeah in relation to what he's doing. But I mean, it's a good try. <laughs> I'm just teasing. So I guess, so I guess uh, my friend's parents were right. Oh, completely, a hundred percent. But they they kept coming up with literary characters, and I was like, first of all, I was like, no, that person's European or anyone. No, you, you know, can pretty I, much I name is going to be hard. Lois Lane and... is like, I just think no. a very important character. No, and I, I, for I, feminists, Lois would be yeah. the very last, second to last person I would I think, think of. I think no, no, are... especially like in her history, like maybe more recently, like. Like, and even an all star, no, an all star. Not even on TV. Hell not no. on TV. Her Any comic rep- was actually Superman's girlfriend. Yes, <laughs> that, that is actually <laughs> true. So that, that, Every that issue is her getting God. dissed by Superman. That's where the Superman is a jerk meme comes from. It's from those comics. Because <laughs> he can't have a, uh, he can't have a relationship. All right, stop there. Um, have you read uh, Genius? The comic genius. No. From the image by um, Afu Richardson. Yeah, Afu no. Richardson and Martin Freeman. Unfortunately not, no. Uh, oh my god, you really definitely need to check it out. It's a five issue limited series and it takes place in uh Compton and has to deal with what if uh Genghis Khan was raised in <laughs> I love in, it. in Compton. And okay. it, and it's a a young girl named Destiny is this generation's genius Khan. Oh. And she's in Compton, 2015. Oh. So, yeah, definitely. I would definitely check it out. We always talk about it on the book, and I just wanted to know, because I saw that you'd read a lot of stuff from Image, like Scout yeah, yeah. and whatnot. So. Uh, we're really digging on Saga. And speaking uh, no. of, uh, Who the hell is uh, and, But wait, but speaking about feminist characters, I think the winged... Uh, Come on. 
I mean, yeah. there we go. Like you want to talk about? She's awesome. The right, winged right, lead the of that. Is no one knows who so- every every everyone, Saga outsells know- Batman right, right now. But what I'm saying is, you can go outside and ask everyone yeah. who's walking by. They know who Lois Lane is. Yes, None yes. of them are going to know Saga. No, that's you're but how nice. many years of Lois Lane and Superman right. do you have over Saga? They right, also yeah. know that but Jimmy Olsen. Everybody also. Saga is not part of the American lexicon, pop culture, and all that in between. But it could be. It could be. Will be. Everybody knows Jimmy Olsen, and I wouldn't say Jimmy Olsen is the standard for black civil rights leaders. No. <laughs> he, you know, it's, but, but it makes be. no, it makes no <laughs> sense. Kidding, no, I know. Yeah, if I said that, that makes no sense. So, all right, speaking of Saga and oh, other great comics, oh what God. comics are y'all loving right now? Saga, definitely. Lazarus. Lazarus. Oh, yeah. Who's Lazarus. that? Yeah. Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka, okay. Yeah, Michael Lark. Nice. That's great. Anything yeah. else? I'm trying to think. Uh what else am uh, I reading? Yeah, I'm reading... Uh, you know, Ms. Marvel was a little disappointing. I want to say that I... I only read the first issue. Yeah, I want to say I totally am into it. I mean, I, I'm very into Arab-American-type stuff. I was really excited to see Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. Muslim. I guess she's not Arab. She's uh, Pakistani, so yeah, sorry yeah, about she's that. Pakistani. She's Muslim. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a great setup, great idea. They actually do some interesting things with her um, when she becomes transformed as to Ms. Marvel. She comes as a the blonde, blonde yeah, blue-eyed, so and, and, and she kind of likes it in the beginning, and then her friend says, but be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that beautiful moment. She's like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, with darker hair and darker mm-hmm. skin, and she does it. Um, and that's really cool, but unfortunately, I'm not loving the story. It's a little, maybe it's an age thing. I, I think, think that might be it. It's yeah. a little too teen for me, a little too inside high yeah. school for me, maybe, Definitely. and I'm 42, and so, you know. Might be a little much, yeah. yeah. But um, I think it's I think it's a decent read. Um, Did y'all read Young Avengers? No, I have no, not read. I'm reading Oh, the... you know what's really good is Velvet. What's that? Ooh, I've never heard of it. Oh, that's Ed Brubaker's. Yeah, yeah it's Ed Brubaker's oh, wow. new one. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, and it's no, a really spy like thing. So my favorite comic of all times, which I, I don't even know if anybody else isn't as enthused about it, is actually Queen and Country. Um, I know Queen and Country, but I've never really read it. For yeah. some reason, it's all black and white, and it's yeah. like you don't. You, nobody else needs to groove on it. But for some reason, it just it gets me in a certain place. But this is actually sort of a more feminist version of the spy story. So she's a. She appears to be just the administrative assistant at like a, a spy headquarters, but no, <laughs> she's really running her own ops. Wow. Um, and she's taken she's taken back some revenge from all sorts of uh, men who've wronged her. So and others. And so it's I've been really liking that. And so. she's British. Is she British? She's not British, oh, okay. but it's uh, as a far, I'm, she's an American <laughs> character. Yeah, I know Queen and Country is yeah. British, and yeah. I love like some of the issues. They actually give you like a glossary in case you're not up on like the Northern Irish conflict or something here's oh, some wow. terms oh, okay. here's some terms so, you need yeah. to like you know get through this comic yeah. book which is all for the nerd side of me uh what have you been looking at uh, mark wade's daredevil oh, yes. of course i was of going course. to mention that uh, yeah. on the show definitely definitely um what else oh electra um oh is that any good black widow I, yeah I, I like the black widow. i like I black widow better than electra but i'm still reading i'm reading still reading both yeah of those. yeah um what else? <laughs> well, <laughs> me personally, like I said, if um, I would definitely recommend Young Avengers. They have a collection of it. It there, there's been two different Young Avengers series, and both of them were excellent. Like the first one was so good that when uh, Kieran Gillen and uh, Jamie McKelvey took over the new one, I I was I'd never read the other stuff. I never read Phonogram, which is really oh, yeah. all, everything they yeah. do together is excellent. But I didn't know that at the time. So when I started reading it, I was like, this better be good. And it turned out to be one of I just reread the collection. It's one of the best things I think made in the last ten years. It's, oh my god! Okay. It's like them at their peak, and it's 
it's it's high schooly without being high schooly, you know. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. it's Which not like Miss Marvel. Of, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, more of a coming of age, like Universal. Like, you yeah, can kinda... it's like more like reaching eighteen and yes. what that means yes. and being coming and like the versus children versus adults and then the art is just amazing and it's like the use of space and panels and what um, they're doing in it is just. Like, I, I've read it before, and it blew me away. And when I just reread the collection, I was like, wow, this is some stupid, silly stuff right here. And it has some of the best female characters. Um, Miss, uh, I want to say it's Miss America. She's a Latin, um, time-traveling, dimension-hopping, kick-ass woman, like, who kicks nice. ass with no nice. problem. Yeah. Nice. It's a great book. Yeah. But she hasn't won any Pulitzer Prizes like Lois Lane. There <laughs> oh, no. you go, she goes. <laughs> All right, well, um, you've survived the interview segment, and now it's time for our rap segment, our rapid-fire questions. Oh, my God, didn't know there was... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always love the reactions. You're like dropping it on people. Yeah. By the way. Uh, yeah, by the way. This is one more test. Yeah. So you're in the hot seat tonight. Are you ready? No. I don't know. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're game. All right. Number one, the Falcon or War Machine? Definitely War Machine. Wow. Falcon. Ooh. <gasps> How <Ascension>. dare you? <laughs> we wrote a book together. <laughs> and this is what happens? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. All right, Luke Cage or Black Panther? Definitely Black Luke Panther. Luke Cage. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> All right, on that one, why, why and why? I think you convinced me that there's more to this character. It's the best ever. Um, but no, I really, I really liked him. Well, I'll say I really liked him because he had vision, mm-hmm. um, and because he seemed to be sort of um, a little, a little bit. He had transcended a lot of the stereotypes in his sort of life story. Uh, I liked it when he was with Storm. I wasn't cool with that relationship ending. I know a lot of people weren't. Yeah, it, was, it was just kind of shaky to me. It was. It was I liked Storm and Forge. I, you know, that was oh. something. I, that I grew up on. That that was okay. like, yeah, that was something for me. So yeah, it was like, I thought it was. I I feel like Storm and Black Panther, their mission. You know what? They, they were more like Bill and Hillary Clinton. Like they, they, they not a love together. marriage, yeah. but like a political Beyonce marriage. Beyonce and Jay Z. Beyonce and Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think they're in love. That's actually a very good yeah. analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and so why Luke Cage? Oh, I like Luke Cage. I just think he's super cool. I like Luke Cage. I like <laughs> his. Mad at that. I, I like I like his history. I like I like him. I like what he's turned into now, especially. Like I grew up loving him, but I knew it was kind of silly. Yes. But now what he's become with the Avengers and with Jessica Jones, I think it's yeah. just amazing. So yeah, definitely. The Wire or Breaking Bad. Ooh, that's super tough. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Wait. Don't do this no, to me. No, I, I know our answer to this already. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll defer to her. She as academics, we have to say The Wire. The Wire as academics, But yeah. to just sit and watch Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah, she, mm. Nikki, yeah, right? she got it. I, she I, got can, it. I can roll with that because for entertainment, I'd probably go for Breaking Bad. Yeah. But the wire you know, it was the only time. Yeah. Speaking of representations, it's the only time I'd actually seen a criminologist represented. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, a criminologist. <laughs> me. I'm Finally, <laughs> I'm in a show. And that, guy, and that guy was so effing boring. Which one was the criminologist? It was in the, I can't remember the name, but he, when they were doing the series, I think in it was school, three or four. Season, yeah, four season. comes around with Bunny Colvin yep. to the schools when they're, like, interviewing kids yep. in the school. Uh-huh. And he's, like, and, 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 and. He's giving, like, social science credibility. <laughs> to right. their methods and stuff. Oh, that was him? Yeah. He was so boring. Was yeah. I mean, he was like the buzzkill. Everybody he was grooving on ideas, you know? He'd, he'd be like... <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah totally. Oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, Magneto or Professor X? 
Magneto is more interesting. Magneto. I'm yeah. reading Magneto now. That's right a now. good book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Definitely I love Magneto because, you know, I it's like his methods are totally messed up, but you can yeah. understand a love for people and wanting them to have justice, right, in, yes. a, in a world that's against them. Like, that is a beautiful sure. mission if, if we could just get him to not be so villainous. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? Who's worse? Oh my God! Oh, who's, oh, who's worse? worse? Probably Judge Judy. Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But... Not the man who sentences you to death pretty much every time. <laughs> nah, Judge Judy. Worse. Look, Judge Judge Judy was real, guys. Yeah, I mean, true indeed. There well, we go. well. Yeah, or somewhat. You know, <laughs> yeah, perhaps. right. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Teen Titans or X Men? X-Men. X-Men. Definitely. Sorry, that was too easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, Peter Parker or Miles Morales? Ooh, I like Miles Morales. I like I think, Miles Morales, too. Yeah, I think he really injects something that we need. I, I love the conversation about it. I love that, like, Glenn Beck had a hissy fit about it. I think that's hilarious. Oh, my God. When I read that in your book, I yes. was crying. I yeah. feel like Yeah, I think that's idiot. funny. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, I think Peter Parker can be kind of boring sometimes, mm. I think. Yeah, and kind I'm of... Not, that's not my favorite. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, it could be from a TV show, movie, book, comic book. But which character death struck you the worst? Oh, oh, God. I know That's mine. What's already. yours? Um, mine is a character from uh, Why the Last Man. Did you? Oh, know? oh, oh my God! You're yes. about to hurt. You're, don't make me start crying. That's that's it. Which is the therapy no, episode we, all over again? No, we don't want to spoil <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, for, it's, it's but I can assume you're oh, talking. Oh, I, I, I It's a spoil. It's a major yeah, I mean, it's, it's spoil. A ten year, no. It's a 10-year-old, 15-year-old book. Right. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Ampersand. Go ahead. Ampersand. You know yes. what? That, I, it's... It's between him and I mean three fifty five. Oh, I I know I know I, I know. I cried at Ampersand. But he but says not. it wouldn't I'm, hurt when when right. Yord says they told me it wouldn't hurt. Right. It's yeah. like, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's like oh, no. that's a good answer. Yeah. That whole last issue gets me every time. Yes. Every time I read it, it's crushing. Have, oh. have, have you read Why the Last Man? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. I imagine actually. Yeah. 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 It's it's one of the greats. Yeah. yeah. That one's great. That yeah. should have been in our list of greats. Actually, I have a question. What happened to the that artist be... Pia Guerra? Like that's that's like the biggest thing that I've seen, seen that a from, woman yeah. has drawn, and then I've never seen her do anything, anything else. else. And that was like ten years ago. I don't know either. Maybe and she, she stayed drew, paid she off of that. She drew the vast yeah. majority of that, and Jose Marzan was the inker yeah. on that. She drew every issue. That had a really she... great. Did she draw everyone? There wasn't any any fill-ins I in there. Think... She certainly drew the vast yeah, majority. Yeah, if, if not out of the six, it was like fifty-seven. That was like yeah. a really like the team was very was more you know representative than most things the the behind the scenes mm-hmm. team. And uh, I just haven't seen her, and I just wondered if anyone knew. What no, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I'd have to Google it because right. I, I have no idea on that one. I would like to see something from her. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, beautiful art. Wait, Stacy, you didn't tell. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, no, mine's too, oh, okay. mine's too nuanced, and I, I'm, okay. like, I'm actually <laughs> getting a little emotional. So let's right. okay. <laughs> okay. We can we can give you a moment. To yeah, no, no, next one. We'll <laughs> um, well, this one, Star, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star, Star Wars. Trek. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, you and me, we're here, and we are. <laughs> we're here. Of course, you know. So. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're yeah. Star Trek sisters. All right. All right yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm one of those people who think you can like both. Yeah, I like you know, both. But, you can like but both, but for the purposes of this, right. so, you have to choose a side. 
I love Star This is why I loved Star Wars when I first saw it as a youngster. Mm-hmm. was because in the first one, everybody got awards in the end for their achievement. <laughs> they did. Although Big not Chewbacca. Battles. And yeah. not the droids. Not the droids. But it was Chewbacca. funny because my, my dad asked me what I liked, and that's what I said. So it was, like a, it was like a type A personality. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, kid, you got a medal. Yeah. Yay, I'm number one. That's what I love. <laughs> yeah, this kid's trying to be pressed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have to say Star Trek. I have a cat named Tribble and a dog <gasps> named Spock. So, oh. <laughs> Rest in peace, Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. Man. All right. Uh, Fresh Prince of the Cosby Show. Fresh Prince. Oh, God. Well, listen, I used to love the Cosby Show, but, yeah, but, but that, it's hard now. With- <laughs> <laughs> Is that an issue? I mean, you can't separate, like, you no. know. You- so you it's guys Polanski movies like no, you rape the teenagers. No, so I don't. I barely I don't watch Woody Allen anymore. Pl- and I like oh, Woody Allen. I know Woody Allen's hard too. It really yeah. does. When it's really? a when you it's a major when it's a major like serious out. sex offense, it's it becomes hard. And that's yeah. actually you could do a whole show on sort of the creators who go go bad. <laughs> that's the problem. It gets I mean it gets uh, horrible because you can't listen to Marvin Gaye. You can't listen to R. Kelly. You know, there's so many. The list is, like, ridiculous, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Marvin Gaye was singing, let's get it on to a 16-year-old. Ugh. <coughs> yeah. True story. You yeah. just shattered a lot of people. <laughs> she she was in the, the studio. From, from, from the art or whatever. I mean, Picasso was supposedly one of the most terrible people who ever walked the earth, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, you can make the list goes on and on I don't really like Picasso anyway. On. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, he's a well-regarded international. But you know what? There's something about the Bill Cosby thing that's going on right now. It seems very current. It does. Too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It's kind but of... it was such a shock. I mean, I would have never, you know, imagined. Right? Apparently, only shocking to us. Yeah, the <laughs> industry seems like yeah. everyone knows. Let's heard see about what... it when his son died. Oh, you that, knew ahead yeah, of all like, of this. You no, know, his son died in like 1994 or 95. So I heard ninety six. I I heard about about twenty people years knew. Ago. People yeah. apparently knew, and it just wasn't. Well, uh, and I'm, there's more women than the forty whatever that have come out. Oh I mean, God. it's you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sensitive to these things when the guy that played the pastor father in Seventh Heaven turned oh, out yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. I was also I like really struck by that, and that like yeah. wasn't my favorite show, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, that I don't, was shocking too. This might be yeah. a character flaw of mine that yeah. I just can't. Uh, keep. I don't think it's a flaw. Uh-huh. <laughs> can't keep but, yeah. it all we separate. We might have to remove that question from this list. I always thought Good Times should be in there, but maybe but no, know, that's, that's, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's that question needs to stay. Uh, yeah, definitely, it does do it. All right, next up, um, fast zombies or slow zombies? Oh, I like the slow uh, ones. No, fast zombies. How did we write this? I don't know. <laughs> maybe you guys that's what's collaborate. Yes, this is so great. There is nothing more aggravating than slow zombies. I mean, it's just. Oh. That's like, so you're just gonna stand there and wait the five yes. minutes it takes to get a hundred feet. <laughs> yes. Like, come think, on, you're dead. Like, nah. I think it just opens up all these tactical and psychological uh. dimensions. That <laughs> okay. that was that's where I was. There was an interesting uh, thing on Walking Dead this year where um, they're actually running down the road and there are zombies chasing them. The zombies aren't gonna catch up to them unless they stop. But at some point, you have to stop. And I thought that that was actually one of the most interesting uses of the slow zombie. That's the point. Yeah, yeah that's why exactly. slow zombies they're, they're, work. Yeah, because you have to stop. They just and don't. Yeah, and eventually, they don't. you have yeah. to sleep. You have to right. rest. You and have to don't. eat. You have to do everything. And they do none of that. Right. So there's a problem. <laughs> so if, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? You know, I actually would like, and this is kind of weird, but I'd like Storm's ability to control the weather. 
Um, I'd like to stop like the the impending environmental apocalypse, and I'd like to turn back yes. the few degrees Celsius that is man-made uh, climate change disaster, yeah. and so that the polar bears aren't like floating sadly on isolated islands yeah. to nowhere and can't get their prey and all that bad stuff. So I would actually be storm, and I would change the the yeah. global temperature. I feel you, but on a petty level, I would rather be like 80 degrees in New York right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so. I know, I got gotcha. you. I understand. There are some benefits to yeah. you could do both a- at once. You know, and there's always benefits to the apocalypse. And by, fo- by following that logic, wouldn't you rather be Ultron and just destroy all the humans that are creating the climate change? Because that's where I come in. That's about the- <laughs> <laughs> Say nega, you know, Storm. She said Storm. She said good Storm, not evil Storm. That's the best way to, to cure climate change. And, become Ultron. And what power would you choose? I don't think that there's anything I could say that could top saving polar bears. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is going to be a little selfish. Yes, yes. <laughs> very selfish. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to set you up like that. All right, well, you survived the brat segment. You survived the interview. Thank you for joining yes. us. Oh, this, this was so much fun. I loved it. Yeah, we also definitely want to hype up our, we're about to have a live panel with you all, with Nikki Phillips and Stacey Strobel. We'll be doing the panel at St. Francis College in Brooklyn. We are going to be on the panel called Comics and Law Enforcement from Gotham to Ferguson. So you guys have an idea of what's going on. We're going to be talking about all the the intersection and all the similarities and differences between the two, comic book world and the real world. And also, big ups to Melanie Cantaya. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but she's one of the sponsors for this fabulous panel. Uh, and also, her book, Actor, Writer, Whatever, is available now. So make sure you look that up. Most definitely. And the panel is Friday, April 17th. Friday, April 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. At St. Francis College. Correct. And you can get more information on uh, Fanbro Show Twitter at Fanbro, or well, not at, at Fanbro Show. There you go. <laughs> and on Fanbros.com. Correct. And before you get out of here, where can the internet find you to at? www.crimcast.tv. How do you spell that? C-R-I-M-C-A-S-T.tv. It's our uh, blog, nice. and we do a lot of comics and popular culture content. So join us there. Dope, dope. Crimcast TV. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us, and hope you had a great time here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. You. Well, fan bros, this has been an amazing episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Tatiana, anything else before we get out of here? Again, this Friday at St. Francis College, April 17th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., we are going to be on a panel with our guests. We are going to be on the comics and law enforcement from Gotham to Ferguson panel. Please be there. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell your grandmama. We need all y'all there to watch and participate. Word up. And then after that, you can come out, since we'll already be in Brooklyn, to the Huckleberry Bar where I'll be DJing for the Soul Lucian Party every Friday night. Nice. Yep, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DJ Ben Amin for more information on that. And while you're following people, make sure you follow at Fair and Bros Show on Twitter, Instagram as well. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Might as well go ahead and follow us on Stitcher. Stitcher. I like saying that like that. <laughs> the Twitter. 
Might as well go follow us on Vine and all that good stuff while you're at it. We're everywhere. Follow us everywhere if you can. Make sure you also check out our YouTube page. Check out fanbros.com because we have our our um, Ex Machina movie. Did I say that right? Yeah, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. <laughs> Live chat up there. Definitely watch as soon as you can. Share it. Word up. Make sure, you like she said, go to fanbros.com because there's so much over there. Illa YC has his spoiler-free Daredevil review up now. Word. Shout out to those people who've been spoiling it for me on my Twitter. Good looks. <laughs> <laughs> Love you all. Thanks for the comments. Anything else before we are out of cheer? Daredevil is awesome. So is Lois Lane. <laughs>